We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Three. We're talking Cooper Cup, running back, high value touches, and more on Roto Viz Radio. Welcome into Rotoviz Radio. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We are two of the owners here at Rotoviz recording this on Thursday night during the Thursday night game. As always, any ramifications of that game we will not be discussing. Anything super pressing we will get to next week. How is it going, Curtis? Um, man, it's been a mixed bag for me this week. Um, it's been very fun, uh, for fantasy, but, um, you know, I kind of told myself probably a year, a year or two ago that I was not going to be quite so, uh, private on social media, uh, in my engagement. Cause so many people, you know, tell me, you know, they appreciate, uh, kind of like my, I guess my focus on staying positive and, you know, trying to make an impact in people's lives. So along with that, I think that you got to be you know, transparent when stuff's happening in your own life. And, uh, you know, this week, one of my, um, you know, close college buddies, um, actually passed from COVID. Um, and so I've kind of been dealing with that. It's, you know, it, it reminds me of some great times that we had, but then when you think about, you know, 39 year old leaving a couple, you know, middle school age daughters behind, you know, it also kind of brought some stuff back up, you know, the outpouring of love that we saw earlier this season, you know, with Mike Tagliere, um, and the way the community, you know, uh, you know, pulled in behind him, uh, you know, and his family and everything going on. So I, I'm kind of just dealing with all of that over on the side. And, you know, I, I wasn't on the show the other day and, you know, appreciate you, um, holding that down for me. So I've got that underscoring. Um, I've got to the point where now I'm just thinking about, you know, the good times that we had. And so that's really fun. I got out, you know, a lot of the pictures and we're actually a band together, uh, for like three or four years and then did the whole like broken down fifth teen passenger van playing all yep. over the Midwest thing. Um, and so I went back and, you know, listening to our old tunes and stuff, maybe, maybe I'll make a quick drop, uh, sound <laughs> effect, uh, with, with one of those tunes and we can use it next week. But, nice. um, so anyway, yeah. So, so that from a fantasy perspective though, man, what a crazy week, um, too, that we have, uh, all the stuff that we can react to, you know, of course we have the tragic situation with, with Henry Ruggs, you know, apparently firing, you know, with, with only a few brain cells and literally 
um, you know, a young woman died as a result of his actions. And, you know, I wouldn't expect him to be back in the league um, anytime soon, if at all. Uh, so, you know, I got on Raiders uh, receiving about that uh, today. And then, you know, there's some excitement too. You know, we're starting to look at will Christian McCaffrey hit the field? Will George? You got clarity, Michael Thomas, that he's going to be out longer. So if you've been holding on to him, we got clarity Fuller that the team expects him to play at some point this year. So a lot of these high, uh, high value players that we clarity on. And uh, so I'll pause there. And I got a couple of trades I want to share with you real quick before we get into today's content. All right, let's hear about these trades. What do you got? All right, man. So the first deal, this was actually in, in the league that I'm in with you, Dave, our dynasty league. Yep. I wrote of this Triflex dynasty. I don't know if you saw this bad boy. You probably got a notification. <laughs> I earlier. did. Yes, I did. And we're, and we're really stressed out when you saw, you know, the moves that your podcast partner's <laughs> making here. So, I'm, so, so the backdrop to this is, this is our, our $250 Rotovix, uh, Rotovix Triflex Dynasty League over on FFPC. Dave and I are in this. I'm already in first place. And I sent Antonio Gibson and received Alvin Kamara. Um, you know, Alvin Kamara, he's a legend on this show with Dave and I. Um, it always will be a legend in the Patrick household. Uh, because of his exploits year, <laughs> and so hey, I'm 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 bringing the band back uh, for another run at a title and you know a high dollar dynasty league. So I'm excited about that one. Um, you, you had to be hating life after you saw that, Dave. You know, I mean, it's all right. I think my team's positioned to make some moves, <laughs> and uh, we'll see what happens. I probably will be yeah. looking to make some moves myself. You know, honestly, I I have been a little delinquent this year on some of those best ball teams, if not embracing the um the typical refrain from you of you know every day is a good day to make a trade. So I will take that as a you know a fire underneath my bottom, if you will. And I would encourage other, you know, listeners of the show to go out there and try to make some moves. Listen, um, you know, the the value or the beauty in a player is all in the eye of the beholder. And you know a lot of a lot of dynasty managers have maybe soured on Antonio Gibson. At least his short term value seems to be low. Uh, with him struggling with the injury this year, but he's had some. I mean, he's also had um, a, a small handful. I think two games with twenty plus points and another in the high teens this year. So when when he's looked healthier, um, he's he's produced from a fantasy perspective. You know the way that we would have wanted. And so this is you're basically just a move by me to, to really try to lock that title. in. I think in a best ball format, especially there's less luck involved, right? You've got to rack that score up as the year goes on. Um, you know, you, you can't just like depend on a playoff situation, saving you getting hot as the six seed or something like that. Yes. It's, you got to post that, that big score. And, you know, I've got a small lead of, you know, about 30 points or so over second place. And this is a move where Camara's passed his bye. And Th- Thomas is not coming back. And so I don't expect his role to materially change um, the rest of the year. So, you know, that's what, that's what I'm going for. Trying to raise my weekly uh, running back ceiling and floor with Kamara being healthy. So that's the first deal. Definitely trying to uh, fire a warning shot across the noses of the rest of the league there. And then um, I made a redraft trade, the rare redraft trade. It is elusive. I'm usually not very successful in doing this, but 
This is a pretty big deal, Dave, too, because this is one that our podcast would be very proud of if I can pull this league off. This is the 2021 Sleeper Bowl. The 2021 Sleeper Bowl. It's A.J. Dillon of the Green Bay Packers. It's his personal invitational league. And whoever wins gets to donate $20,000 to the charity of our choice. Wow. So, so, you know, you and I will be choosing a worthy charity, um, 10,000 each, uh, that, you know, that's the way I'm going to do it. If, if, if I'm able to pull this thing home. Um, and so I'm, I'm first place in the league in points. I'm third in record, but I would be in the playoffs today and I have the most points. So this is a strong team. Okay. Yep. I was able to send Kadarius Tony for Javante Williams and LaVisca Chenault. Uh, the other owner is desperate Wow. At wide receiver. So look, look at that, man. And I've kind of been getting by on Chuba Hubbard um, in a flex slash RB2. So to make that swap before Christian McCaffrey comes back and to get Javante as a potentially uh, big time hammer at the end of the season, I'm pumped about that. So um, yeah, fingers crossed on the pod here and toes uh, that Dave and I get to, you know, change some lives with that, that charity dollars uh, at the end of the season. That would be absolutely incredible. Um, so we're going to hope that plays out. One question on that, though. Did you mention the seed or where that team that you made that trade with is sitting right now, currently in that league? Because that's kind of interesting. Yeah, he's actually the two seed. Oh, um, so okay. it's actually a team a team in front of me trying desperately to stay in front of me by not taking a fat zero or, or like having to start a waiver quality receiver. Um, and, you know, to be fair as much as we've wanted Javante Williams to do big things this season, the team continues to give Melvin Gordon some high value touches. And it, it's like a true timeshare. Um, whereas Tony looks like, you know, he could have somewhat of a, a dependable role at wide receiver, kind of equivalent score to Javante Williams at this point with a, with a high weekly ceiling. And, and this guy has been trying to make a trade for receiver uh, for a bit. And yep. uh, this showed up in my inbox this way. And I just hit accept. nice all right so earlier in the week curtis you weren't here but we talked about some points per game paces that are pretty historic cooper cup we talked about some Mm. advanced wide receiver metrics saw some cooper cup results popping up there too he got mentioned a lot We've already talked about him a couple of times this year, but now that we've seen this continue, I really do think it's worth coming in and thinking about not just his dynasty value at this point, but what you do as a dynasty manager trying to value a player who's 28 at the wide receiver position, has been a good receiver, comes into a situation this year with a new quarterback and just absolutely explodes. It's a situation where it looks like it should continue, but how do you think that people need to play this? Is this one where, you know, normally you have to resist being too overzealous or, or do we think that this is the type of situation where you can go in and really be aggressive in going after a player like cup? Yeah, it's probably, it's probably both Uh cup is a situational target. I think, um, if you're not a playoff team, if you're not a hands down playoff team, you shouldn't be trading for cup. Um, if you're outside the playoff picture now and your idea in trading for cup is that it takes you from being a borderline playoff team to being, you know, bona fide title contender, your team is probably still too fragile after that trade that if he were to get injured, you're in a, you're in a horrible spot now. Uh, 
because you're you're in draft pick purgatory territory if you didn't even have to actually trade away uh, multiple draft picks in your deal four cup. And then if you don't get that title, it just hurts. So I really think you've got to be uh, hands down, no brainer, top three or four seed in your league for a cup deal to make sense. I think he especially makes sense if you're already in the driver's seat. So kind of similar uh, to the deal where I just traded for Alvin Kamara. It makes sense for me to, to forego years of potential higher end production from Antonio Gibson. If he looks great starting next year, it makes sense if I'm trading that for Camara, who can definitely help me win a title this year. Uh, and he's not going to go to total zero overnight and cup Cooper cups, not going to go to total zero overnight. Um, even, even if he were to get an 80% downtick or a 20% downtick next year, 30% downtick next year, you could take all, all of that off of the top of what he's doing this season. And he would still be in the mix as a, a low end wide receiver one. He's been that dominant. Um, so there, there there's room for him to kind of slowly go down the decline. You know, if the team balances more usage to um, Robert Woods next year, or Van Jefferson continues to to carve out a, a larger role, or maybe Cam Akers comes back and the team does a one, two punch at the, uh, the running back position to really, um, have a true balance in their offense. A lot of things could change and uh, he's scoring touchdowns, you know, once every 10 targets right now. Um, that's pretty insane. Uh, so, you know, I don't think that that's going to continue either, but when you're scoring 26 points a game as a receiver, I mean, it's, it's like all time great stuff. And I'm sure you hit that on the show the other day. So if you're in first place, if you're in second place, I mean, trading multiple future first plus, you know, a young player, I mean, like I would trade, you know, Rashad Bateman or Elijah Moore plus two future first. Like, I think that's like the type of deal to another owner that could make sense for both of you um, without lowballing at all. Um, that's the type of deal that you're making. But I, I just really want to caution against, Hey, I'm a seven seed in my league making a deal for cup or, or any player like him. I think the way that you framed that is perfect. That makes a ton of sense. And that's the type of advice or like the type of answer that I think is really useful for people listening out there. Cause I feel like cup is having a super rare season, but a player falling into this mold, maybe where they're not putting up 26 points, but you know, maybe 22, 23, 24 real difference maker in a year. These are the type of things that we see happen. And these are decisions that people need to make. So I think that that's a really solid way of approaching this. And, uh, Glad that we got to talk a little bit more about Cooper Cup and the tremendous season that he is having. I'm going to use the same sound effect we used earlier, Curtis, but you know what? There's none other that makes sense. So there it is. Um, I wanted to talk some tonight about exciting GLSP results as we head into the weekend, but I quickly realized that a lot of the... um, in my research, the players that were surprises that would actually make sense to talk about, a ton of them were playing in tonight's game. So rather than than talk about those guys, we're just going to quickly uh, run through some highlights I have. And then there was a couple of other topics I wanted to talk about. Deontay Harris looks like a pretty exciting option the way he matches up against Atlanta. The GPS matchup Raider likes Hunter Renfro and Brian Edwards. So that naturally brings us to the conversation of what happens in this team's passing game now, Las Vegas is, that is without Henry Ruggs there. The first thing I want to say here is that Ruggs actually, his target share was just 14.1. So 
when you assume that that's probably going to get spread over some other players, um, it looks like Zay Jones is going to be the guy to step into his role. At least that's, that's what I read this afternoon, subject to change. I don't think that that means that we see a tremendous bump for somebody like Renfro or Brian Edwards. You got to assume that maybe some of those, a small percentage also goes to Darren Waller. It gets spread across a lot of guys. So I'm not sure that from a fantasy perspective, there's any moves that you necessarily need to make um, outside of just being able to get a little bit of an uptick, perhaps if you're a Renfro or or an Edwards owner, but do you have a a different reaction to this? No, I think it's just, it's Waller smash. It it just, Mm -hmm. you know, we talked earlier this week about uh, the the Raiders having a, a, the, the number one remaining schedule for fantasy uh, QBs the, the rest of the season, number one for receivers and the number three for tight end. Um, so if anything, I would expect Carr, you know, to lean on, on the guys who have, have got him there. And so Waller will be even maybe more of a big play artist. And I mean, I think in dynasty, it might be a little bit exciting to see Brian Edwards have mm-hmm. a more projectable mm-hmm. role. Um, cause Renfro is not going to accrue any value. He's just not, it's not the type of player that's going to accrue any value. Um, Edwards could, um, Edwards could, you know, if, if he is consistently getting six to eight targets the rest of the season, um, I could see him climbing into the, you know, second round rookie pick type of, of valuation. So that's, that's probably the player to watch. Um, I'm not so sure that the team's done though. Like if, I mean, they're in first place, man, if, if the Browns were to cut bait on Odo Beckham jr. Or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, I, I just think, I have to think the Raiders are going to make a move. So um, for now, it, it's Carr and Waller that I'm interested in, but I'm watching the receivers. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so that was the quick hits there on the can Raiders. We talk, can we talk to Saints real quick? Can yeah, we go let's back do it. to that? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. You, I think you, talk, you, you mentioned Deontay Harris, right? Yes. And I actually meant to bring yes. that up um, in light of the you know news about Winston. So I'm glad that you brought us back there. Yeah, I'm, I'm in, uh, we don't talk about this app very much, but it's, it's one of the oldest apps, um, on our site. And one of the initially most famous our AYA app yes. and, uh, our, our adjusted yards per attempt app is a great way. If you want to see like across the swath of players that a quarterback has ever targeted, um, what that battery pairing has looked like in terms of, um, efficiency. So adjusted yards per attempt, um, takes into account, yards um, with a heavy emphasis on touchdowns, um, but then an even heavier uh, negative emphasis on interceptions. Um, and so it, it basically kind of sort of measures the, the quality slash value of a, of a target to a player from a quarterback. And you can actually do it the opposite direction too. So like, for example, if I wanted to look at, we just mentioned Odell Beckham Jr. I could type in his name and see which quarterbacks uh, or every quarterback at a certain number of targets over his career, what has his AYA been with those quarterbacks? The way I typically use it is to assess, you know, um, from the quarterback to to receiver uh, direction. And it pulls in all players who receive targets. So I see receivers, tight ends, and backs. I was curious what the Saints offense looked like with Taysom Hill and who he was targeting last year. I think this thing is, is wide open, man. So... Yeah. Uh, you know, let, let's just, let's put it on just 2020. Cause that's when he got his run as an actual true quarterback for a couple games. 
And I've got this thing set down way at five minimum of five targets. So any player he targeted five times, his his number one and number two uh, AYA pairs actually are with players on the team right now. So that's good. Not many targets though. So Adam Troutman <laughs> actually at seven targets had an AYA of a solid, very solid of AYA of eleven. Um, so, you know, obviously caught at least one touch. I don't even have to go, you know, to the box scores on that. I can guarantee you he scored at least one touchdown on, on those targets. Yep. Traquan Smith, who has been whisper quiet this year, um, actually number two there, uh, with 13 targets, but then we see four players, the next four players, not, they're not available. Emmanuel Sanders, 17 targets gone. Jared cook, 13 targets gone. Michael Thomas, 36 targets gone. Latavius Murray, six targets gone. Then way down at the bottom, Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara could not find production in, in their, uh, in, in the receiving game together last season. So I hope because of the trade I made earlier, obviously uh, I hope that they can find a way um, to carve some of that out. But I guess my point is the transition to Taysom probably hasn't added any clarity to what, <laughs> what that passing game is going to look like. Um, but Maybe, just maybe, um, you know, we will see b- between now and the end of the season for for dynasty purposes, Troutman or Smith uh, recoup some value. Well, it would be great to see Troutman be able to get back some value just because if you go back a couple of years when you were thinking about young players at the tight end position that could become exciting options, he was one of those guys that looked like it was a possibility. And I think it's been a bit of a disappointment thus far and the saints have always been a fun team to especially in the passing game to have players that you can use um so we'll have to see there i also think it's really intriguing just to see what Taysom hill is going to be able to do as a fantasy quarterback again uh there's already been games this year where he sneakily put together some nice production um and don't forget there were some times where Taysom hill was really putting up points um in the past when he did get to be the starter taking snaps from under center. So, I mean, I think that this is really, really interesting from the quarterback perspective. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. Um, if, if he, now it's a, it's a big hit to not have Michael Thomas. Like we can't just pretend that's nothing. Um, but I mean, Taysom, Taysom was going to be a QB one as long as he was under center or, or I guess probably more accurately behind center, um, last season. So I I totally would expect with him and Sean Payton for him to, to do those things. 
Um, I, you know, I think he's an automatic start other, you know, unless you're, unless you're trotting Tom Brady, um, you know, basically if, unless you're t- trotting out Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, um, Jalen hurts. Ah, maybe, yes. I was waiting, you know, yes. there's just, there's only a small handful of quarterbacks that I would automatically start over Taysom Hill, even this weekend. Um, I mean, I, I would probably, it, it's, it's tough, man, but the way the chiefs are playing, like, would you start Taysom Hill or Patrick Mahomes this week? I mean, I would I, really, I'd, I'd, especially I'd probably start Taysom, honestly. Well, yeah, this week too, because you got to think about it that on this kind of short notice too, it's even more of an incentive for them to do some creative things with Hill and really get things going. Yeah. So, uh, it, hopefully it, if you were stashing him, you know, in dynasty, you were stashing him and, and now you get to extract the value. Um, and, and redraft, hopefully you were able to make a play. Yeah, absolutely. The only other note that I had about the games this weekend is one that's just really interesting to me because Cordero Patterson projects in hmm. the top 12 of running backs via the GLSP this week, which is nuts given that the way he accumulates points are so different than your typical running back that it's been hard for the GLSP to project him strongly because so much of what it does is driven off of volume with rushing attempts, but it just really speaks to how great he's been this year. It's going to be super fun when we get to start thinking about what happens with him moving into next season. But the other player that I guess you could say was a bit of a surprise, just in that you won't always expect to see this player in the top 12. He occasionally makes his way in is Zach Moss. And I thought it was worth us taking a quick little inspection here of Buffalo's backfield Uh, now that we have half of the season behind us. So from an expected points perspective, Zach Moss is coming in at 12.5 points per game. Devin Singletary at 9.3. In terms of rushing expected points, you have Zach Moss going for 6.6 over Singletary's 5.3. And as you would expect too, as a receiver, he's also seeing more expected points, 5.9 per game to Devin Singletary's 4.1. Now, if you looked at snap percentage, they're fairly close. Moss has been in on 55% of snaps when he's played a Singletary 49 for him with 3.5 targets per game for Moss to Singletary's 2.7. And then the attempts have been fairly close. Moss at 10.3, Singletary at 9.6. So overall, the workload's been pretty similar, but the quality touches have gone to Zach Moss more so than they have Singletary. And that's really underscored, Curtis, when you take a look at the Stealing Signals tool, which breaks down high-value touches, which as a reminder, a high-value touch is a rushing attempt from the 10-yard line into the end zone or a reception. So Zach Moss is scoring in the top 20 of running backs. Singletary, as you would expect, is not. For a team where you're seeing a fairly even distribution of work, I think that's pretty telling of why Moss has been the better option this year. I think that probably continues. And if I'm looking outward, I am not going to say that Moss is able to steal more or a significant more, you know, significantly larger portion than he already has. Uh, But from a dynasty perspective, and I actually probably should have looked up their, their contracts to see how much longer they're in Buffalo, but he seems like the more, uh, intriguing option to me. Yeah. 
I mean, it still just goes back to Josh Allen uh, for, for me. I mean, Josh Allen has 35 or more rushing yards in five out of seven contests this year and three rushing touchdowns. Um, and he's running less, you know, this year than he did last year. I mean, we have the quarterback taking, you know, 30% or more um, of that, you know, rushing fantasy opportunity, you know, that's, that's material. If Moss or Singletary misses significant time and we know that whichever player it is, is going to be out, it changes it because between the two players, I mean, you have over 20 expected fantasy points per week. And I don't think that Matt Breda or Taiwan Jones would really, you know, gain much there or, or mystery player, you know, X that's not even in the picture right now would gain much. I do think the team would funnel more of that usage to Moss or Singletary and perhaps even out, you know, in the, in the case of Moss going down, Allen probably takes even a higher percentage of the rushes from in close, which is what we've seen with him and Singletary in, in that contrast in the past. So it's just, you know, it, it's like you almost need something like what happened in Baltimore to happen, unfortunately, um, which is, you know, for either Moss or Singletary to be out for either one of them to really accrue significant value. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, Moss is the only one to trust as a streamer unless you're just absolutely desperate. Yep. And then, so just a note here, I, I looked up the contract. So Singletary becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2023 and then Moss in 2024. So we'll have an interesting season there potentially in 2023 if uh, the team does not bring Singletary back and lets Moss potentially take things over. Although I think I'm inclined to say that uh, we might see a scheme where they're going to have Moss still running with another back. All right. Final thing that I wanted to talk about tonight was looking a little bit uh, more closely at this high value touch leaderboard at this point, Curtis. uh, And we're looking at totals here, not per game. DeAndre Swift followed by Najee Harris, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, Leonard Fournette, Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, and then Chase Edmonds. But the most interesting name on the list is JD McKissick. Thanks to just a bevy of receptions that he has caught this far. Uh, he actually has 33 receptions on the year, which is a lot, but that actually is tied with Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones. But Curtis, the player that leads all other backs in receptions at this point is Najee Harris. Every time we've talked about high value touches, we have been compelled to talk about him because in addition to having a very high volume, he also has an insane 98% of his team's high value touches. If you are looking for a running back in fantasy, that is what you are looking for in terms of percentage of team high value touches. He's followed by Daryl Henderson, Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, and Christian McCaffrey, which somebody might say, what, like, how is that possible with all the time that McCaffrey missed? That's because when he was in, he managed to get 16 receptions and likely I'm going to say had all of the um, high value touches in that small stretch. Uh, But he's actually followed up by Zach Moss at 68 to kind of bring things home. Then you have Chase Edmonds at 67. I just threw out a ton of different numbers there. We could probably go a couple of directions. So I'm going to let you pick there if there was something that you found particularly interesting or exciting. Well, when we're looking at, you know, uh, percentage uh, or rate type metrics. I, I think it's important to note that, you know, we can read down a list of players and how they rank, but there's, there's a chasm. Yep. There's an absolute chasm. Um, really. 
from, I don't, I mean, there's a chasm from Henderson on down uh, basically, or Kamara on down. Like Harris is 98% for a 10% drop off from him to him to Henderson as number two. That's already insane. Um, it's just all, it's, it's just crazy to think that one player could really snap all that up. Like McCaffrey's the only other back on here that's going to be up in that range, um, in the games that he plays. Um, I think actually what I want to draw attention to is like the three players at the top are like the three backs that we talk more about than any other backs all yeah. off season day. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally like our King Alvin Kamara the player that I called the most important player of the first five rounds of fantasy drafts this season and Daryl Henderson and then Najee Harris, who you yours truly and, and you were the ones who had him at one one in our rookie draft. Yep. Um, we had, we, we had our RB one rather not over chase, but at RB one yep. um, this off season. So, you know, that feels pretty great. Um, and I don't think we should be, we should be surprised by any of those things. I mean, Najee entered a situation where this was the likely outcome. Kamara entered a situation where, I mean, he, this was already what he's done, you know, in his career. And then we knew that Michael Thomas was iffy. And then Henderson, I mean, after acres went down, it was basically, do you believe in his talent or not? And we had yes. people saying, but Jake Funk, no, yep, no. So that that's great. Um, I think the thing that I would um, really pay attention here to is some of the guys in the middle of the list who are down, um, but being propped up by the receptions. Like what would happen to DeAndre Swift? He's got 65% of his team's high value touches. Thanks to 47 receptions. If Jamal Williams went down and Swift got the goal line carries, I mean, he would be, I mean, he'd probably be 80% plus, right? Uh, pretty easily. And then, and then you also see a player who's, you know, doing very well in fantasy like Ezekiel Elliott, but he's only at 62% because of what, you know, Tony Pollard has carved out. And, you know, so it's just, I think it's interesting to look at the context within a team almost and to see like which players could go to that nuclear level yes. where Harris Henderson and Kamara are. So um, you mentioned Moss. We talked about why it's not likely for him to go higher. Um, so I think like the guys that are interesting are Swift, um, Zeke uh, might even be interesting to talk about, you know, Jordan Howard and his first game with <laughs> Philly. Uh, if, you're, if you're, if you're looking for trash heap stuff, I mean, he got all this stuff in close and hurts ran less. You're like yep. those are the places, those are the places to use the metric. I think. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point there. Um, I, I like the way, especially like when you're, when you're absorbing this, if you go into the stealing signals tool, the way that you're able to, to get the, the breakdown between rep, uh, between receptions and, and and the high value rushing touches because it does give you such a clear path to understanding the way that a player really could improve and then in the context of the backfield that he's in seeing if it's something that is even possible um one thing i want to come back to here uh, i'm i'm glad that you brought it up because we love talking about him daryl henderson i want to say the most interesting thing was all of the pushback that I was receiving saying that I loved Cam Akers, but that Cam Akers, I just did not think could run away with the entirety of the offense. And people kept saying, I just don't understand the, my, one of my arguments was that Akers just wouldn't have the volume. And they were saying, I, I can't see how you can make an argument for Akers not getting the volume. Well, yeah, there's a tremendous amount of volume that one back on this team can get, but I do feel 
that even with Cam Akers there, he wouldn't have been at the Henderson level. Uh, and I just think it's particularly interesting because now we're going to have a situation where Henderson is coming off a really strong season, showed the Rams that he could be the back, potentially showed other teams, but Akers is also really good as well. So one thing that I think we should talk about in the coming weeks is what people do in Dynasty with Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson, because that is a situation that I think will be pretty murky going into next year. Yeah, um, Henderson's not really getting the elite value. Um, I don't think his value will really change much. Like, I think you look at him like Kareem Hunt next mm-hmm. year. Um, you could, I mean, and honestly, I think that the Browns backfield is one that the Rams could potentially emulate yep. um, next year in terms of like the way that it'll be split and who gets what. Um, but then after next year, I would expect Henderson to be gone. Yep. Um, Acres makes sense to buy right now. Uh, all of the videos of him. I mean, he's like, he's literally already running at like 80%, Dave. Yeah. Like, it's nuts. Uh, so he, he's probably lost enough value that um, if you're a rebuilder, you know, try to send a pair of future seconds for him or something like that. The second that he looks healthy next summer, he's going to be worth a lot more. Um, but Henderson almost in a way falls into the cup, the cup bucket um, or the cup cup. Uh, however you want to say that of, of uh, dynasty targets because the value is in owning in owning him this year. Yeah. Like after, you know, he's not just going away after this season, but the, the reason you're making the trade is because you his, his role is so valuable that it, it could put you over the top. I mean, this is an RB one. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's an RB one for sure. I was go, you know, since we're, we're in a little bit of a, a looser show format here at the end of the week, I did go back. And uh, in July, I made this trade in a super flex tight end premium league, Dave. I sent my 2023 first and Russell Gage for Daryl Henderson. Beautiful. 2023 first and Russell Gage for Daryl. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. That so, is. Uh, yeah, that, that's how it's done, man. That, that, that first is several years away. And yeah, so those, those, those first back. round picks from the future are so beautiful when you can use them in a way like that. Because at the time you made that trade, the actual value of that first round 2023 pick is so much lower than I feel like a lot of owners realize when they're making these trades. Yeah. And it's the sticker value. Like that, that manager was like, I can trade Daryl Henderson high off of this acres news and get a first, like never dreamed of getting a first. But on the day, you know, you, you throw it out there on the day and it happens. And now, I mean, that looks like the bargain of all bargains. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, looser uh, episode here, but we will be back to a normal structure. Yeah. Curtis is smiling over there. You know, this week I, uh, you know, we bring the fire when you bring it three times a week. I felt like there was, you know, I had to maybe step off the gas a little bit on these people one week, let them let them recover, Curtis, or not one week, one episode of this week. But we're going to be back on Monday, recording on Monday, episode coming out on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday next week. One thing that I did want to ask listeners to either email or call in or send us a message some way, somehow on. I'm curious about combinations of players that maybe you ended up with on a couple of times that have really worked out well. 
just because I find that really interesting. For example, in my best ball teams, I had a couple of teams that just magically ended up with Debo Samuel, Tyler Lockett, and Cooper Cup. Obviously, some players that we like, but Debo is the piece that really pushed it over, and you were able to get those players. So those teams are smashing. So I just find it curious, uh, you know, the like the serendipitous teams that come together like that. So send us in some of those, and uh, we will look forward to talking with all of you next week. Thank you for listening to the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.